TV, anime, video games, books, Star Trek, Marvel, My Hero, Hook. It don't matter what you into, don't matter what you do, here on Nerd Shit, we got something for you. Welcome back to Hypothetically Sound Presents Nerd Shit, and welcome back to another installment in the Is Hagrid a Death Eater series. As always, I'm joined by Alec, and we're joined with our mother. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm here. Yeah, just, that's all that matters, really. You're alive. So we can uh, we can ask for. Yeah, so you can ruin my day again, ruin my night. Yeah, you know, uh, if Hagrid wasn't such a bad uh, guy, he wouldn't be in this situation. But anyways, uh, last time we looked at the Goblet of Fire, how uh, Hagrid helped Moody set up Harry. Pretty obvious, if you ask me, how he actually uh, was the one that had Voldemort's wand this entire time. Pretty obvious, if you ask me. Uh, in this episode, we're going to look at the Order of Phoenix, and if t- time permits, we'll look at the Half-Blooded Prince as well. Uh, so how are you feeling so far about this series, Mom? I think you guys plan to like do revenge on me and take the character I like the most and and try to destroy my inner peace. Other than that, it's good. Well, let's just uh hop right into it. Yeah, 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 let's do it. Uh, so in the Order of Phoenix, we see the following from Hagrid. Hagrid is a capable covert actor, not the bumbling oaf he acts like. And Hagrid is feeding operational plans and intelligence to Voldemort. Uh, So, the evidence he has for Hagrid is an expert at using covert techniques. In the past, Hagrid has seemingly shown a remarkable lack of tact, ability at deception, and awareness of his surroundings. He blabs to the trio about the Philosopher's Stone and roars, roars out private information about Sirius Black. It is implied he lacks the ability to be aware of his surroundings and generally has poor judgment, even though all of his mistakes coincidentally help Voldemort. However, we have direct evidence Hagrid has a high level of proficiency in conducting covert action, which throws these past incidents into serious question. Hagrid was a member of the Order of the Phoenix since the first Wizarding World, presumably in a uh, capacity as a member he took part in numerous operations on behalf uh, in which secrecy was the utmost importance, and in which he continued to do so in the Second Wizarding War. He was entrusted with extremely sensitive operations such as the Seven Potters Plan and secret negotiations with the Giants. The story of his negotiations with Giants gave us plenty of evidence of Hagrid demonstrating strong situational awareness brilliant judgment, and an ability to negotiate and lie. Hagrid recognized during his excursion to the Giants that he and Madame Maxine were being tracked by the Ministry of Magic. Hagrid then successfully conducted counter-surveillance techniques to throw off seasoned Ministry officials, all while being half-giant and standing out like a sore thumb. Once arrived, Hagrid and Maxine managed to succeed in initial negotiations with the Giants until the Death Eaters interfered at which point they escaped upon his return, Hagrid kept the mission and his brother concealed from the Ministry of Magic. In contrast to his uh, past portrayal, Hagrid has now demonstrates, uh, demonstrated great skill at covert action, 
is situational awareness and ability to counter-trained career law enforcement officials and the ability to be tactful, negotiate, and lie convincingly as needed. Every time Hagrid makes a mistake when he uh, lets slip information, he ultimately and predictably serves Waterman's ultimate goals. Outside of these circumstances, he is extremely capable and thus demonstrates that his slip-ups are proposed to support Waterman under the guise of being clumsy or hot-headed. So what he's essentially saying with this take and during most of the book is that everything that's happened up to this point of Hagrid being this oaf, this guy who can't be trusted, is a lie. He was trusted to go talk to the Giants and be their negotiator, which partly has to do with him being half-giant, uh, him and Madame Maxine. But having, like they said, having the ability to, as two half giants, uh, be able to ditch the Ministry of Magic, who can track your magic uh, and track you, certainly impressive and leads to other things that have been mysterious about Hagrid in the past with his ability to do things that he shouldn't be able to do. And I think the big thing that like he touched on a little bit uh, for someone who can't do magic, how did he get a, albeit smaller giant, but still a full giant, how did he get him back to Hogwarts? That's a good question. Mom, what, what, what do you think? You know, why Why in all of this do, is it just me and Randy talking and Alex never has any? Uh, because I'm not as big of a nerd for this as you. I have no attachment to Hagrid or even Harry. Alex the unbiased judge. He will weigh in at the very end and give his determination. Not only that, my favorite character dies in this series, so like... Yeah. <laughs> in this book, to be specific. Oh, yeah. No, okay, so we've already talked about how Hagrid, yes, he was he was expelled from Hogwarts, therefore could not perform magic. But and you covered kind of how, you know, Tom Riddle and Voldemort, same person, that Hagrid, you know, maybe learning dark arts from them and has learned dark arts spells as you said from Voldemort mm-hmm. but I still stand by he couldn't learn any other kind of magic and he loved that part of the world he loved magic and so he's going to get it from wherever he can and if he's with somebody that has persuaded him a.k.a. Tom Riddle at the time, you know, I'm sorry, thank you for not saying anything, but here's what I can do for you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And was teaching him how to do wizardry without having to be verbal. So it's still it's still possible that everything he learned, he learned before Voldemort came after Harry, or Harry's parents to begin with. Yeah, no, uh, I 100% agree. Um, all the magic he learned was prior to uh, Voldemort becoming Voldemort. So yeah. Tom Riddle became Voldemort. But that leads credence into the fact that 
Hagrid is actually a spy for Voldemort. Right. Like, he can still care for Harry because he, like, you see Snape shows that he cares for Harry a little bit. Uh, like, it's still possible to care for Harry while being a spy for Voldemort. Yeah, but just like Snape was doing the, the double duty being a spy and Dumbledore knowing that, why can it be the reverse where Harry Hagrid was kind of feeding information and to Voldemort at the direction of Dumbledore. Because that's what Snape was doing. Snape was watching and was and was there to try to coerce things. No, uh, you have to remember in the next in the next few books it shows, especially the last book, that Dumbledore directed like once. Uh, Snake came to beg uh, Dumbledore to save the Potters, to save Lily. He became the servant of Dumbledore, not Voldemort. Right, and he says he would do whatever. Still at this the entire time, the entire time. Once he begs for it, he becomes like Dumbledore. Even says it like in the movie, in the books, they try to make Dumbledore look very heartless at that point. He says, you will be my servant. You will betray Voldemort for me. So everything that Snape does through the entire series is on uh, Dumbledore's order. Going, Not going back, waiting, then going back after Voldemort's been alive to uh, tell about the Seven Potters plan, to sh- tell him where, what house uh, is the Philadelphia's charm, where they're going, stuff like that. It's all from Snape. Okay, and they couldn't have used Hagrid the same way? No, I I believe it was the opposite. Like, I believe it was a complete opposite that Hagrid was feeding like misinformation to Dumbledore. Mm. And that's why Dumbledore was always seemed to be a step behind uh, Voldemort. Mm, Good point. Good point. Any rebuttal? But was he really or was he just letting the courses that needed to happen happen? Knowing that the only one that could take Voldemort out was Harry and knowing Harry had to learn. Things you experience, and Dumbledore always seemed to be there at at the end, which means he was there for the whole thing to make sure that nothing happened with Harry and Hermione and Ron to get them to where they needed to be so, to so prepare them. To prepare them. So I, 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 I just go ahead. Sorry. I I still think that a lot of what Hagrid did was at the direction of Dumbledore. And he had to play that role to Voldemort. He should not be named. Um, To Voldemort to keep Voldemort off kilter. Kind of uh, it just seems like to have, because then you would have them having contradictory information. You would have Snape going and telling Voldemort one thing, and then you have Hagrid telling him another thing. And we've already seen there's an instance where uh, Snape and another Death Eater give contradictory evidence, and he believes Snape over him and punishes the other guy. And so uh, when they're talking about the Seven Potters plan. Uh, so if there was this instance of Dumbledore telling 
Hagrid and Snape to go tell him two separate things. Could be the same thing. It just confirms it. Uh, it just that that seems more far fetched than uh, because and, and it's the thing like more far fetched. Hagrid, yeah, than- Hagrid being used by Tom Riddle and Voldemort makes a hundred percent more sense than Voldemort believing anything Hagrid tells him because he's half giant. But Voldemort was telling Hagrid stuff, according to you, that Hagrid would go and leak. Yeah. So if Snape was taking stuff back to, okay, so maybe I said that wrong, but Snape was taking information at Dumbledore's discretion back, mm-hmm. to, back to Voldemort, and then Voldemort would have, would tell Hagrid if he was there. And, and, you know, as a spy or whatever, that here you need to have Harry here, or this information needs to go out. And that's where that that circle went. And who's to say that Hagrid didn't go back to Dumbledore first and say, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. And Dumbledore said, well, this is how you do it. I I think Dumbledore did a lot more than what she wrote in the book. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, So next point he hits on is uh, Hagrid's failure in recruiting the giants. And he goes, in book five, Hagrid's tell. Uh, Hagrid recounts his journey to most likely somewhere in the Ural Mountains in an attempt to offer valuable and rare gifts to persuade the giants not to alley with Voldemort. Allied with Voldemort. The negotiations are very successful at first. Hagrid and Maxime have a friendly encounter, provide an indestructible goblin-made helmet as a gift, and plan more meetings immediately after this great start. Fights break out amongst the giants, and the leader is killed. A new leader takes over who doesn't want to negotiate with Hagrid. Instead, Death Eaters arrive and successfully recruit the giants while ousting those who disagree. The only problem, this story suffers because Hagrid is an unreliable narrator and the uh, consequences he recounts are are unbelievable. The coincidences he recounts are unbelievable. Hagrid says early in the chapter that while the giant's locations are not secret, most people do not know where they are. Even Hagrid, a half-giant from his tribe who does not know where they are, somehow that. Even Hagrid, a half-giant from this tribe, does not know where they are. Somehow, Voldemort and his Death Eaters, who think of giants as inferior creatures, nothing more than tools, know exactly where these giants are. Voldemort may have a lot of knowledge of magical magic generally, but he has only been a corporal for one month, and at this point, and likely would have needed more time to discover their location, and in any case, would have had more pressing matters to deal with. The Death Eaters themselves haven't been shown to be capable of accomplishing something as difficult as locating the giants without the help of their master. Hagrid arrives after the, after the end of Harry's fourth term, after a month-long uh, trek, two days of negotiations, and then an uprising amongst the giants, and suddenly Death Eaters are visiting every day. All of this occurs after the valuable gift from Dumbledore were provided. All of this occurs after Hagrid successfully throws off Ministry trackers. How would the Death Leaders have known where the Giants were? 
how would they have arrived at the exact spot hundreds of miles away in another country at the exact time of Hagrid's negotiations? They arrived just in time to cause significant resources of Dumbledore while obtaining their objective. The most likely uh, explanation is that when Dumbledore told Hagrid privately, Hagrid passed the information along to the Death Eaters, making them aware of the plan. Armed with this knowledge that the Death Eaters could plan their insurrection within the Giants, recruit them, and cost Dumbledore significantly. Uh, the entire expedition is a costly failure. So essentially saying, uh, with their current knowledge, with Voldemort just being back and regaining strength, there's no possible way they would know uh, where Hagrid was going. Uh, he was followed. Or get to the, which he said he took the tails off of. He said he dished the tails. Yeah, that's what he says, but it doesn't mean that it didn't that he still didn't have somebody. But go ahead. And go. You're fine. Go ahead. I said that he didn't see. He ditched what he knew, but there could still have been somebody else, or something else. Transfer. So why would they follow him in the first place, though? So that they could let the deaf eaters know where he he was. But why would they follow? Why would they follow Hagrid, a half giant? Because they wanted to find the locations of the giants. But why they, would they assume he, as a half-giant who's never at any point communicated with the giants, because he, he went he was raised by his dad after his mom left, yep. and he so went why to Hogwarts, would, why would they follow him? But he was traveling, him? because he was traveling with another giant. Who is the headmistress of another school. Okay. So why would she go visit giants that are shunned and frowned upon in the wizarding community? exactly so it's not something that should be happening and if they take off why wouldn't someone think it's odd and follow to see what they were doing because they were dating <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just giving like the, the your your reason for them being followed to me just doesn't make any sense like it's just too like it, they would like assuming in this especially in this like wizarding world which is very uh uh I can't think of the word I'm trying to use, but they're very being with your own type. That's a theme a lot. Uh, two half giants going on vacation wouldn't warrant them being followed. Especially if the... Because if Hagrid is a uh, spy for Voldemort, no one would know it. So Voldemort would still cheat Hagrid, Hagrid as a half giant oof of who was... Suspended in the third year. No one would respect Hagrid. So no one would follow Hagrid. Madame Maxine, you can make the argument because she is a headmistress at another school. But again, as a half-giant, they wouldn't be seen as credible threats. So it, like for so for a Death Eater to follow them just seems weird. Without well, having seems- prior knowledge that they were going somewhere. Well, it seems weird that you're convinced that Hagrid's a Death Eater, so there. Well, there's more proof that they would, like, <laughs> if he's a spy, like, Voldemort wouldn't, like, have them followed. But if he wanted, if they wanted the Giants to be on their side, he's going to take any chance he can. Because, in essence, who can go to the Giants and has the best chance? Another Giant, whether they're shunned or not. I wasn't going to bring this up, but because you didn't bring it up as your defense, I'm going to I'm going to give you the easy defense you could have took. So uh, we know that 
some of the Death Eaters were still in the Department of Magic, the Ministry of Magic. They worked in the Unspeakables yep. portions, stuff like that. They could easily got the information on where giants, because we still know the Ministry of Magic knows roundabout areas of where giants are at to keep it protected. So they could have easily just sent, got the information from Ministry of Magic and just went that way. And it just is a coincidence that when they got there, there was fighting breaking out. Big boy on. Uh, but yeah, no, it, this one, it, it, like you said, it, it's hard one to judge for the simple fact that it is all 100% Hagrid's recollection of the time okay. away. So everything is going to be seen through the lens that you as a viewer want to see Hagrid. So if you trust Hagrid and have no reason to speculate that he is bad, then yeah, it all makes sense. He went out with Madame Maxine together. Uh, they were being followed by the Ministry, which probably Dumbledore told them to watch out for. So they were able to ditch with probably recommendations from Dumbledore. Uh and were able to get to the Giants. They had the Giants believe. And by giving the lead Giant this trinket that would be seen as valuable. And uh, it caused another Giant to fight with him. And they lost. And this other Giant wanted to be free. Which was what the, the Death Eaters were presenting to the Giants. That they would be able to be free in Rome with Voldemort under power. So this hmm. portion is very easily, I think, defended, depending on what lens you look at it through. But that also makes it difficult because we don't know what lens J.K. Rowling is writing for Hagrid. Yeah. Hagrid. Hagrid. Sorry. So we're about, uh, not good. Uh, we're about like 20 minutes in. I think we'll hit Half-Blood Prince as well because it's not very long. Uh, so that was the end of Half Blood Prince because the two, oh. the big two things is him going to the Giants, Order of the and sorry, uh, Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> uh, was just him going to the Giants essentially. Get animals everywhere, dude. I know. I was gonna say it's animal night. Uh, so in the Half Blood Prince, we see the following from Hagrid. Hagrid has an unhealthy relationship with Harry Potter. Hagrid systematically sabotages Harry's education. So the first piece of evidence is uh, Hagrid's influence with Harry Potter. Hagrid has a minor role in book six compared to the rest of the books. Uh, most of the time, Hagrid is upset with the trio seemingly over not taking his class and the impeding death of uh, Aragog. Nonetheless, we do see a highlight of the odd relationship that has developed between Harry and Hagrid. Throughout the relationship, Hagrid acts as an inappropriate uh, manner for an adult around a child. By nurturing a cold, dependent relationship and systematically sabotaging Harry's education year after year, making him less capable at magic and thus more susceptible to Voldemort. Hagrid is Harry's first introduction to the magical world and the first person Harry sees as a lifeline. Hagrid proceeds to invite Harry over regularly and takes a special interest in him from the very first year. 
It is obvious Hagrid treats Harry and, by extension, Ron and Hermione with greater amount of attention than any of the other students. Hagrid also lets them in on secrets and doesn't snitch on them when they break rules or do things which may jeopardize their education. In fact, Hagrid encourages and even requests the trio to do things which may jeopardize not only their education, but their lives. In book one, this is best exemplified by Hagrid, an adult in a play of Hogwarts, we question three 11-year-olds break curfew in order to smuggle an illegal and dangerous dragon strangers. This is an incredibly unhealthy way for an adult to behave, but Hagrid is a cool adult to these children. They can confide in him, share information with him, and come to rely on him more consistency, consistently than any other adult. Uh, again, uh, Hagrid is ultimately successful in grooming the trio for later access to them and their activities. In book two, Hagrid sends Ron and Harry off alone to the spiders in the Forbidden Forest, uh, a very dangerous test which would have surely resulted in their deaths if they weren't for the car showing up. In book three, Hagrid pressures the trio to research laws regarding magical beasts when they should be studying for their classes, taking up a lot of valuable time, which could otherwise benefit their education. Uh, in book four, Hagrid Golds Harry to stay in the tournament and guilts him into action by constantly assuring him of victory. Uh, throughout, Hagrid overlooks numerous instances of behavior which should result in punishment or even expulsion of the trio, prioritizing being a confidant to them rather than being a teacher. <clears throat> now, once book six rolls around, uh, we see a change. The trio aren't in his class. They aren't visiting him as much and they aren't providing him with as much information about the hijinks they are getting up to. As a result, Hagrid has lost his, much of his access. Hagrid takes this poorly and acts passively aggressive towards them until they start interacting with him again. After successfully regaining their attention, he requests something from Harry, which is against the rules, breaking curfew to attend Aragog's funeral. Throughout the series, Hagrid has an unusual and unhealthy relationship with the trio, he is an adult who allows, invites, and even requests the trio to do things which distract them from their education, uh, may cause consequences up to the up to and including expulsion, and are and some are even illegal and dangerous. He never reports them. He provides them cover when they do things against the rules, and is an enabler. This is not a normal way for a full-grown adult to interact with uh, impressionable children. His actions are indicative of grooming behavior to maintain access to the trio, whom he knows are the most utmost importance to both Dumbledore and Voldemort. And when did he get? When did he get? Uh, what is the word? Expel, exposed from teaching the dark arts, the not cool. the dark arts. The Hagrid. When did he couldn't do the creatures anymore? Uh, that would be in the Order of Phoenix. They, uh, they had take him out. No, so uh, that was because Umbridge took him out. Umbridge yeah. took him out, but he got it back in year six. Okay, so he's he was going through a transition because he lost the thing he loved when Umbridge did that. And then once she was gone and he was able to be restored in that position, that's when their relationship picked back up. They still had a relationship all through book five, though. Like, he didn't teach, but they were constantly out. Once he got back from his travels, they were constantly out with him by his brother, the giant. They helped take care of him. 
uh, and then Dumbledore, then Hagrid has to flee uh, because he was going to be arrested, uh-huh. or or he gets fired, so he flees. So he's not on the Hogwarts grounds. So that can put a damper on on people being friends or being close to each other if you're not around, if you're having issues, if you're not doing the stuff you love anymore. That's that's where the disconnection came in from, and then it had to be rebuilt. So you 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 think the reason why Hagrid was pouty moody towards Harry, Ron, Hermione to the point of not talking to them whenever they would reach out or come by him was because he lost his teaching job for a few months. He was not, he was not going because, through. He, he was going through his own emotional time. And I don't know if he had anything else that was mentally going through his head. But he really wasn't talking to anybody during that time either. He was kind of being a solo. He was kind of being by himself. He was ignoring a lot of people. How do you... Okay, so that explains... For you, that explains why he was moody and so passive-aggressive to them in book six until they decided to, like be more friendly to him and like share information with him. Uh, how do you explain him constantly putting them in trouble, having them break the rules throughout the books up to this point? It's the same thing he did. That It's what he was, what he did when he was in school. He, he, he would go places he shouldn't be. That's what got him, you know, where he saw Tom Riddle because he was somewhere he shouldn't have been. And that's why he took the blame for the, you know, opening the chamber. Because he was where he shouldn't have been. So if he didn't see any wrong with it when he was in school because it was fun, why wouldn't he encourage them to explore and get everything out of the school they could? Because he's supposed to be protecting Harry? If he's working with Dumbledore as closely as you say, to a point where he's trying to, you're saying that he Dumbledore is having Hagrid feed information to Voldemort if he's a spy. Wouldn't Voldemort or wouldn't Dumbledore express how important keeping Harry alive is? So wouldn't he not put him in these dangerous things all the time? Especially in book six when uh, Harry's not allowed to go do things because they're afraid of him being taken. So like he has he breaks out of the school to go like even though Harry does it on his own uh, with the uh, good luck potion. Uh, he still goes out to Hagrid because Hagrid told him to come help him bury the spider, which he knew was incredibly against the rules at that point to be out after curfew and then to be out of the school in general. But that's what he's been doing the whole through the whole books is just doing things that make his make make him feel better. So if Hagrid, you know, he with the spider, that was a big part of. Hagrid and Harry had something to do with everything because he met Aragog. Aragog scared him, but it's still he knew how important it was to Harry or to Hagrid. So why wouldn't he? Because at this point, like the difference between him, uh, like having him sneak out in book one to help deliver the dragon or going to the spiders in book two that could be like they say Hagrid thought that they want to eat him because they were Hagrid's friends which he was right about but not the smaller spiders 
uh, in book three, uh, having them do stuff. All of that makes sense until the point Voldemort is back. And at that point, Hagrid and Dumbledore uh, and the Order would know how real, especially with Sirius dying, the fight at the Order, uh, everything that happened uh, with Umbridge and everything, they would he would know how serious it is at this point, especially with them trying to kill Harry. Uh, he would know how serious it is. So for him to do that is fishy. When like they're so worried that Death Eaters, because the Death Eaters are trying to break through to the school continuously. That's why there's all kinds of protections that only Dumbledore can control. Huh? Uh, it seems weird that he would push the issue. But he was like, within the boundaries of all the of everything. If the Death Eaters would have broke in through the through the, all of the spells and everything that was protecting the school, it wouldn't have mattered. Why? because he would have been in the same amount of danger. They would have been, actually, it was safer being there because they would have went to the school. If they would have broke in, they would have went to the school to look for Harry, and he would have been out in the woods with Hagrid. That is the most roundabout. <laughs> I, I snuck out of the house because I smelled smoke. Yep. And I was afraid the house was going to light on fire one time. Exactly, exactly. You, you, you're, you, people listening at home are going to see how spotty your your conclusions and your arguments for Hagrid is and how uh, damning this evidence is against him. It's not damning. It is very it's damning. Quit swearing at your mother. Um, it is not. It is how <laughs> you're twisting it. <laughs> it's how how, how am I twisting it? I didn't twist anything. This is factual information that Hagrid did. And he didn't do anything wrong. It, it, it is true. He is grooming these kids. Not, at, not Grooming doesn't always have to be in a sexual manner. I didn't but say Hagrid that. is grooming these kids. Yeah, and he's, he got them ready to face the battle in the last book. If they were what not did he do? Through- okay, now, now I need you to explain. One piece of evidence that Hag the what of what Hagrid did to prepare them for the battle. You have been saying it all along. All the all the risky things he was having them do, where he was giving them, you need to go down to the chamber. Here's how what you do for there, and here's here is uh, the dog Fluffy. You know you got to lull him to sleep with music. All of that he was preparing them for what. what? For what was coming at the end, that there was ever a final battle. Because everybody knew it would have, the stronger Voldemort get, the more chances there were for a war. In case you guys uh, get into this final battle when there's this big three-headed dog, just play him some music. Like, I get what you're saying, like, That was just an example of one of the things that he, that you keep saying, Hagrid sent them into risky, dangerous times and dangerous things. That was just one example I just pulled out of my head. No, I'm just, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you can argue maybe the fact that he, uh, by having them go into all these danger, dangerous situations, they don't have fear anymore. They don't have fear and they know how to handle and think on their feet. Because of that. That's how, so, Hagrid, that's how Hagrid helped to get them prepared for the this final seems incredibly risky. With three 12 year olds, yeah, but Dumbledore was there to watch it all happen anyway, make sure everything went Dumbledore okay. Dumbledore isn't at the school in the sixth book, 
No, before that, everything before. Oh my Lord, you're not listening to me. Everything that happened before, the prep that that was happening, Dumbledore was still there and knew what was going on. So you're saying, specifically in the Chamber of Secrets, when they go into the spider's den, Dumbledore was hanging around outside in case the car didn't show up. He didn't have to be hanging there. He could see things. So how would uh, how would he get there to save Harry and Ron from the spiders that were about to eat them? He can because the spiders got snap, pretty close. Snap your finger, there you go. He how do you know he didn't send the car? Mm, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a rebuttal, mother! <laughs> Good point. Uh, I, I don't know if he sent the car. I'm gonna tell you I'm, what. Next next time we the last series we do, I am not going to smoke all day. Just so I can be crabby. <laughs> you really want to admit to people that you smoke cocaine and, and, and do all that kind <laughs> no. of stuff? No, I, it snorted. Um, no, I don't do any of that. Well, guys, that is... Awkward uh, <laughs> turtle! Awkward! No, that is uh, Half-Blooded Prince and... Mm-hmm. The Order of the Phoenix, we have just one book left, and that is the Deathly Hallows, Hallows, Hallows. Uh, sorry, I said it wrong, and then my brain started stopped working. Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in. As always, uh, like, knew- share, comment. Yeah, I knew these two books, what you just went through, would be the hardest to do, because there's really, like you said, not a lot in either one. So mm-hmm. I gave it my best shot. Yeah, you came up with some interesting conclusions. You're never going to hear no. that anywhere else. You will not hear anybody argue that ever that, anywhere. That is a very valid point. You would never hear someone argue. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, Hagrid was followed. And then, and then that uh, Fluffy is the reason that Harry was so powerful at the end. I mean, you got you to come up with some creative... Uh, takes because all this information is meant to be damning to uh Hagrid so you had to come up with your own perception of reality it's how I read the book uh, how I remember exactly so again thank you guys uh make sure to follow us on Podbean or any uh site that you listen to Podback Podbad podcast on uh follow us on YouTube at hypothetically sound or hypothetically I can't speak it's been too long hypothetically sound gaming on TikTok, on Twitter, on Facebook, we're on it all. Uh, And until next time, deuces. See ya. Bye. You don't say anything all episode and all you say is bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'll be honest, dog. I'll be honest. I'll explain this in the next one if I must. Um, You see, I ain't remember these books. Thank you for listening to Hypothetically Sound. We hope you enjoyed the episode. All episodes can be found at hypotheticallysound.podbean.com, as well as on Apple, Spotify, and Pandora. For full unedited video versions of the podcast, please visit us at youtube.com slash hypotheticallysound.